from runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell and Greg Hughes. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 208 with guest Brent Ozar, recorded Wednesday, March 30th, 2011. Run As Radio is produced each week by Quap Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow the boys on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell doing a run as live at Dev Connections. Well, not really live and not really Dev Connections. It's being recorded, but I'm actually sitting with Brent Ozar. So I guess it's sequel connections because all these shows are co-located. Absolutely. And I think we're in some kind of secret bunker, some kind of secret wood paneled room. And you notice the, door, the entrance to this was sort of under the escalators. Yes. It's a boardroom. It's wood paneled all the way to the ceiling. Yes. It was weird when we had to touch the owl's eyes to open the door. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Creep me out a little, but turns out. <laughs> How's the show been for you? Fantastic. This is my first connections. Oh, I've been really? to a lot. Yeah, a lot of conferences, but uh, never to a connections. And I can't knock the place. Wow. Of course, it's absolutely gorgeous facility. Um, and it's, it's been a lot higher quality of presenters per session than I would have even expected. It's really hard to pick which session to attend here. Yeah. I, I, that's the usual complaint. I've been, I've worked with connection shows for a long time, but you get all these big guns. And when we work on scheduling, we really try and deconflict the topics, but oh, you, know, you, get, you get trouble every time. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those sessions where I would really love to split out across four people and say, all right, now you go tackle this and you come back. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I find it interesting that like we talk about dev connections, SQL connections, so forth. We, cause you do all these shows simultaneously in other rooms, just wandering around. I wandered into a couple of exchange sessions yesterday mm-hmm. and had my mind blown. I'm going to do some new exchange uh, shows just because this guy's who Things knows some stuff see. I knew nothing about. I, what also I love is this is one of the shows where attendees can wander around. And so I get, uh, in my first session, uh, was doing tuning T-SQL. Usually I pitched to mostly da- database administrators. Sure. It was three quarters, uh, developers in the room. Yeah. Uh, and so we were able to make all kinds of jokes about the DBAs, you know, who for once are sitting defenseless <laughs> in the corner. It was great. Uh, and it just interesting to see the IT guys come in and ask questions. Um, I had a virtualization session, uh, yesterday where I talked and was able to get both developers, DBAs, sysadmins all in the room to all ask questions. And it's so nice to say, now, how many of you have used this particular feature in Hyper-V or VMware mm-hmm. and have the IT guys raise their hands and reinforce my lessons out to the DBAs and developers right. to say, yes, this stuff really works. I'm not up here giving you a sales pitch. Here's your peers. Yeah. You know, Here's the guys companies. you're going to have to work with to actually make that work. Yeah. And they're already doing it and want to do more. Oh, and they're, they're not working for your company. Mm-hmm. So they're more likely to give you the honest skinny if something does or doesn't right. work as opposed to your own guys who will pull the wool over your eyes and, you know, well, and they, they want to work job. within what they know and in various constraints. It, it, yeah. That's the yeah. fun part I find with consulting, and I'm sure you do the same thing, which is because we get to look into so many companies and so many approaches, you come with, with this really broad, oh, no, it can be done a different way. Yeah. You even know? Every week I see something that it's like, you know, wow, how did you pull that off? You're some kind of stunt driver. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what would make you take that route? And it works. You know, so now someone can ask, and I can pull this wacko technique out of my back pocket yeah. and say – Here's something that you never would have thought of and it'll actually work. So is the, is the 
800 pound gorilla in the room now for the sequel team, sequel Azure. 800 pounds is, is probably, it's, I think it's the 50 gig or 100 gig, uh, <laughs> gorilla in the room. And I, gorilla is probably the wrong word too. It's this little puppy that keeps yapping at everybody's heels going, I'm here, I'm here, and you cannot forget about me. Yeah. Uh, you know, such a few percentage of real enterprise database administrators who are, who are coming to shows like this mm-hmm. are using Azure yet. And they keep hearing it and saying, Oh, it's not for me. It's not for me. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you see all the developers in the room who are looking at this going, this is for me. This is for me, you know? <laughs> and, uh, it's funny to see some of the, some of the real Microsoft cheerleaders on this. Uh, I see why they're going pro cloud because the instant you hit deploy, the credit card starts charging, you know, yeah. that this, there's a revenue model there. Sure. But this also, you know, if you're actually greenfielding, I'm sitting down and getting ready to spec out a clustered SQL server. Oh, they ain't free, man. It's man. a lot. I mean, they've gotten cheaper without a doubt. Yeah, but the, still, you oh. know, dual port, iSCSI, like we're building, we're now building clusters under a hundred grand, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. well under even. I think we can do it for nearly, for less than 50 now, but, oh, sure. yeah, but, but even that number, that's a lot of hours of SQL Azure. Ching. Yeah. It, even if you ask an enterprise DBA, how much does a database cost you per 50 gigs? Mm-hmm. And they won't know. And when we go through and do the costing exercise layout in Excel spreadsheet, this is everything that you have to pay in order to keep your instance up and running. I'm not even throwing in third-party vendor software or your time. Right. You know, this is just the bare metal just infrastructure. Hardware licensing. Yeah. Get, I mean, that's the number you can grab on quickest. And when you add that up, it's, it's, there's a lot of zeros. There. It's a lot of zeros. Yeah. It's big money. And, and, and then operating costs, especially when we start playing in the DR realm. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And even just the management of it. And that's where, you know, guys like you and I come in, we mm-hmm. end up doing consulting on it because it is so hard. And there's so many tricky things with it. Well, and for most, from a given app, you set this up once, right? Mm-hmm. Like knock on wood. Yeah. 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 And, and we get to do it every other month, every month. Yes. Like you get to do it routinely. You get a lot more relaxed about this is what it takes and, and being unfearful to really test it. And here's where you're inside the bell curve. Here's where you're out. You know? Yeah. But things in- I, I, there's a real argument going on at the analyst level, at least mm-hmm. around why would I build a DR based data store with all that money and operating costs when I can pump to SQL Azure and it's done. Yeah. And it, people will also take the other extreme angle. I've got the, all of my clients, it seems like with the advent of 10 gig iSCSI mm-hmm. and, uh, solid state drives, suddenly now there's another fork going on where people are shoveling money into their infrastructure. You know, it's like the train guy shoveling coal into the engine where if you want to write the check, there's unbelievable performance to be had for much lower overhead than we ever had before. Two bucks a gig. Two bucks a gig. I yes. Mean, I mean, I'm doing the SSD numbers, yes. right? We're paying. Yes. Six cents a gig in for spinning media, 15k, like the top line stuff is 20 cents. Yeah. And SSD is two bucks a gig. Which, you know, it's, it's, I used to look at it as this, there's, it originally was a stratospherically high number. Yes. Um, and now it keeps coming down and still when DBAs look at it and they say, oh, there's a solid state appliance for $20,000 or $40,000. Um, you know, how can that possibly make sense? And then I turn around and I point them at their group of programmers and I say, how long have your been guys been working? How many months have they been working trying to get that query down from 30 milliseconds to 15 milliseconds? Right. How much to that cost and what if you could write that check again just once and have the query down to a millisecond well and more you know the big thing with software is is have you know i can put my software hat on right Mm -hmm. it's risk there's no there's risk in development there's no risk in faster drives yes right if they do what they say they do and they still have an asset value the terrible thing about performance tuning work 
three months, five guys, you know, 30, 40 grand. And if they got it wrong, it's gone. It's sunk. It's completely right? sunk. Where if you yeah. buy a driver ray that doesn't live up to its expectations, you can send it back. Yeah. Or it's, send it back, or even worse, you just throw it on your developers' machines. You know, give them <laughs> suddenly they can do compiles faster than ever. Yeah. yeah you do that with developers, you can't send them back. I've tried. Yeah. It, it doesn't <laughs> yes. work that way. Yeah, especially after you beat them a few times. You yeah. Know, they're all beaten and bloody and bruised. But yeah, it's it is just amazing to me that um I'll have clients come in and they're really stressed out about a particular infrastructure improvement. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, you're running on material that's five, 10 years old between the advent of multi-core processors where you can really throw a whole lot of processing. Well, and new architectures and things like that that make multiprocessor really work. Effective. Yeah. 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 Shoveling money in money so cheap now. You know, I hate to say this as a consultant, but before you call me in, look at how much hardware it would, you know, take to buy whatever you're going to pay me for. Yep. Um, And maybe you just want to roll that dice, see what the gamble looks like. Um, and we don't have that choice when we go to Azure. You know, really, it's just down to here's your performance. Well, and, and, and one of the things I'm struggling with with SQL Azure is there's not a lot of published performance numbers. Like, no, no. In fact, I think in the still in the license agreement, when you sign up for Azure, yes. you're not allowed to publish what you're getting as in, in performance. Boy, this is it's stressful because when Amazon EC2 came out, mm-hmm. I was one of the first guys to throw storage benchmarks into there because I was a storage nerd at the time. And I thought, oh, well, they must be throwing some interesting sand stuff underneath here. Right. Or maybe they're using pizza boxes. Let's go find out. And the storage was consistently slower than the cheapest thumb drive you could buy. <laughs> consistently. But at least it was consistent. It was very, You yes. knew what you were going to get. Yeah, it was going to be horrific. And so I looked at that and I published it and I said, all right, here, I'm, I'm worried and I've got to be doing it wrong. Yeah, there has it must to be, be something. Me. Yes. I'm presuming. Um, and so it goes out in the forums and everybody's reproducing it and it doesn't get any better. And Amazon doesn't say, this is a problem. We're going to make it better. It just lays out there. So I just happened to glance now at the latest uh, EC2 benchmarking for storage, and they're still the same speed. Because at some point, people say, I'd rather write the check and have flexibility, be able to deploy my app and throw more servers into it. Maybe I'm not as concerned with how fast each individual server sure. is. And my idea for scale is I'm just going to write more checks, yeah. and I'm going to spread the load across. Well, yeah, I mean – Throw on the business hat. It's OpEx versus CapEx, mm-hmm. right? These, when we go down the cloud approach, we are only paying for what we use. And you can, you can really assign it down to the transaction level if you want to go that far. Mm-hmm. What is the dollar cost per transaction? And when we buy infrastructure, we're making capital investments and we have to amortize over periods. And there's all these other issues around mm-hmm. that from a financial perspective. Lots of stuff compelling about the cloud, but interesting the constraints we're really living in. And one of them, I think the biggest one is performance. I'm going to, we could argue the DR story. That, yeah, yeah. It'll change. They'll, they'll be, you know, three months from now, six months from now. Well, and the problem is that so far we just that, believe. Yeah. Right. Yes. What have we yes. got except that it, we're just we're going to secure. Yes. Well, don't worry. It'll That's work. taken care of by the yeah. man in the cloud. They, they, yes. they, we'll never Angels, lose anything. I think they're called. Yes. Yeah. Well, yes. and then Gmail lost a big chunk of uh, mail. Well, or sidekick. I mean, you can go back to all yeah. kinds of cloud issues that we've had in the past. Um, and it, for every every cloud disaster story, I've got 20 of my own disaster stories sure. where I've hosed up somebody's data completely, you know, when I was a junior and I didn't understand how this whole backup before you do things work. Yep. Um, and I'm sure that there's junior guys all over doing the same kind of things. It's how do we put steps in to protect ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, whether we're using the cloud or whether we're using on-premise stuff. How do we figure out how to save our data somewhere else, you know, before we go and throw all our eggs in one basket? Well, and we, yeah, same debate around infrastructure. And, uh, one of the management guys that was in the room said, are we really going to debate 
whether our IT staff <laughs> or Microsoft's IT staff are more secure, more reliable, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's the paranoia people. You know, everybody thinks that they're the best guy in the room, and then you give them a test, and then you go, oh, wait a minute here. I'm. Everybody thinks they're above average. And, yeah. You know, it's, it's yeah 80, you know. 80 percent of people are above average drivers. Okay. Yes, exactly. Eighty <laughs> percent of sysadmins are above average sysadmins. That's it. And I just sat through uh, Brian Kelly's security session here. And I would consider my stuff fairly secure, mm-hmm. but I go and I sit through a session. I'm like, oh man, I have so much work to do. Yep. You know, this just it at a different never level. ends. Yeah. And if you work with a cloud provider, of course they can afford to sink that kind of security money in mm-hmm. and have dedicated teams, red teams on staff to make sure that their stuff is secure. Most of my customers, they can't put in a red team just continuously trying to hack their stuff. No. Cloud providers, they can justify that. So, and Often when I've uh, dealt with people who are saying, I can't go to the cloud because I don't know where my data lives. Really, have you ever checked to see if your SAN administrator has taken hard drives out of the building? Do you have man cages and, you know, verifications for that? Yeah. No, of course not. Is your staff happy? Do you think that they're paid well enough? Yeah. Would they be susceptible to someone else saying, I'll give you 10 grand for a snapshot of everything in that, in that, uh, SAN? Well, and and just the whole idea of, if that guy decided he was going to take drives out of the building, is there any way you'd know? No, no, no. no. And he could have been doing it for the last five years, yeah. you know, and you'd have absolutely no clue. Yeah. So it's, there's still a lot of FUD around back and forth. Um, and I, I expect that to get better in terms of our ability to know whether or not we can write a, write a legal agreement between us and the lawyers and say, are my data is secured in the cloud or whatever. Mm-hmm. Until then, I think there's still enough FUD that people are investing heavily locally in their own infrastructure with the stuff like 10 gig iSCSI and solid state drives that, um, I look at what we're doing at Stack Overflow. That's another one of the extreme performance edges sure. where we just went through and implemented regular consumer level solid state drives. I mean, the whole investment, uh, costs well under 10 grand mm-hmm. and now every read and write is under a millisecond. Holy you know, cow. It's just, yeah. And 24 seven availability that, that kind of speed and throughput for tiny amounts of money. Suddenly it's, you know, do I really want to go to the cloud and gamble on performance and try and re-architect my stuff? Do I shard? How do I scale out? Or do I just go throw solid state, throw 10 gig iSCSI and call it a day and keep yeah, hit it with a bigger hammer? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we had the fusion IO guys on the show a, ah, a few months yeah, back, yeah. but I understand their production has been consumed by Facebook. Like you just can't oh, yeah. buy their product. Yeah. One of my clients, uh, went in and even as stack overflow wanted to demo it and they just sure. said, I'm sorry, we don't have, we any don't demo. have any <laughs> left. Yeah. 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 They got wiped out and yes there, no, there are no worse problems this world yeah. yeah yeah when one of the biggest websites in the whole world shows up and says how many you got <laughs> I'll, I'll take them yeah, yeah. We'll take them all we'll be down in the uh in the manufacturing room pulling the units off the line as they come <laughs> off you don't have to box them up for us we'll just take them to go but, but what a statement about enterprise class ssd just you know, <sighs> here's you know arguably the biggest website in the world Mm-hmm. demanding as many as they can. Yeah. I've got clients doing data warehouses that have taken that same approach that have just said, um, the price seems expensive to the workers, yeah. but when you go to the business, it looks like a steal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so cheap relative to employee time spent performance tuning right. um, that it's just been a slam dunk. And they've also said, well, we think we're having temp problems. Maybe the fusion IO will solve it. 
Heck, if it doesn't, throw it in for something else. Yeah. Use it somewhere else. It's not like it'll ever go to waste. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it, there's no Everybody point. Needs I've never met an IT pro of any kind where I said, I've got some ultra fast storage here. Just can't figure out what you know, to do with it. Yeah. yeah. It's I'll just leave it on the shelf. With I, <laughs> yeah. I'm That'll storing porn dust. on it. Like, <laughs> yes. It doesn't Man, do anything for can't me. Can't decide between MP3s and porn. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it's, oh, it's such a killer time to be a performance tuner, to have all these weapons at your disposal to yeah. say, Okay, you're frustrated with your current SAN? Let's see if it supports 10 gig. Oh, you haven't been doing multipathing? Let's go play. Mm-hmm. Does your SAN support uh, solid state? Can we use it for caching or do we use it for dedicated arrays? Automated storage tiering is another thing that is just uh, the compellent guys are doing this right. The EMC guys are doing this right. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a killer thing that we can do for SQL Server. We put a data warehouse on automated storage tiering, and the new data is always on solid state regardless. Right. You know, just one table is spread across solid state, old storage, whatever. And it, it happens without getting the DBA involved. We don't right. have to train the DBA. We don't have to do anything special with the DBA. Between storage virtualization and just server virtualization, it's so much easier to be a good DBA these days if you trust your SAN guys and your VMware guys. Let them do what they've got to do. Yeah. And interestingly enough, you know, we've been looking at, uh, cloud side, the cloud for exchange and saying, you know, one of the things that, that the cloud's going to be good for for exchange is archiving old mail. That you'll actually do this hierarchy of archiving where you've got current mail in a really fast store and then you push it down to a secondary store and at some point you shove it up. But I don't see that happening on the SQL side because, oh. you know, bulk disk storage is so cheap. Where it happens, um, I've got a client doing this and it struck me as so interesting. So, you know, you always have those uh, search engine robots that you're constantly saying, oh, they're going to hammer my site all yep. at once and I'm not going to be able to offload them. So I've got one client who implemented a completely identical website in Amazon EC2. And whenever they have search engine robots come in, they offload all of that work to their EC2 infrastructure. Nice. They've got SQL server running in there. They can scale it out as often as they want. Now they're looking at moving to Azure too. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if it's not the primary. They can at least shed load that way. Right. It's a mirror. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's five minutes delayed, 20 minutes delayed. At least it'll get the job done. Um, so they're not necessarily moving old data off to it, but it's an interesting way to shed load. Yeah. Move the workload over. Yeah. Another one I've got is a, a Salesforce team. So they've got uh, thousands of handhelds around the world. Uh, and they need to be able to get the data out to them. Mm-hmm. But if their main data center crashes, they want to make sure that the, the end users can still replicate. So they just push one copy of their database out to the cloud and let everybody sync to that. Right. doesn't matter if it's an hour delayed. They're still fine. I still haven't found a really good example of cloud as the DR site that, you know, our normal day-to-day transactions are on-premise, but we're mm-hmm. syncing to the cloud and we could fail over to it. The only thing that I've seen come close is uh, people are using Amazon S3 and Jungle Disk. Mm-hmm. So Jungle Disk is that... Uh, cheap, I want to say it's $15, $20 program um, that will let you sync a directory to Amazon S3. So you install this on a file server where you're doing your SQL server backups to. So I back up to a UNC path, and then Jungle Disk manages the synchronizations between my file server and Amazon S3. So if all hell broke loose... Yeah, this is the the, the smoking hole scenario. Yes. Real failure. I've lost my data center. I have an off-site backup. Because running... Backup data centers is horribly expensive. Not cheap stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I'm still, you still struggle with the bandwidth demands of that. Oh, well, and even uh, the recoverability at the end of the day, you've got a bunch of files sitting on a server somewhere. 
Getting you days away from recovering. It's absolutely. This is the duct tape way of doing it. Mm-hmm. This is the, I'm a one database administrator. I don't trust my backup tape scenarios. Yeah. I don't trust my other guys. I just want to cover my rear and I've got a really small database because this doesn't work at over a hundred gigs. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just out of luck there. Well, we've been working through with what's happened to Japan recently oh. and working with the multinationals. Yeah. We've had these conversations about data center failures. And the big thing is that Typically, when a data center fails catastrophically, the people go with it. Yeah. You lose them too. Yeah. So There's- the bigger issue was this discussion of given these six guys who work in that building are incapacitated. I'm not talking about killing everybody, but just yeah. not available to do DR recovery. There's no flights. Yeah. You know, they're not There's flying. No flights. Anywhere. They're they you know they're they are survivors no of service. tsunami or yeah. something. They're cut off. Yeah. It's going to be weeks before you're able to get them back to work effectively. Again. Right. You don't. Now you, what? you know. That, and I think that's what's been more interesting in the DR planning for these kinds of scenarios is don't just take out the site. Take out the talent that's at the site Yeah, and say, you know, what have we got? We worked. I worked for a uh, company in Hurricane Alley, actually south of here and down in Miami, mm-hmm. a $7 billion company, and we had our primary data center in Hurricane Alley, but we had operations all across the U.S. Right. We, it had to keep working. So hurricane season was always interesting. We had all these roll swap scenarios, and the instant a hurricane started heading towards us, we would put people on a plane and put them somewhere else. Sure. But you still had to plan for what if something happens even quicker. So we had remote teams. and. In related groups where we could say, here's, here's a break glass, uh, uh, you know, set of files for passwords, basic infrastructure so that you can get exchange up and running for us. You can get our file servers up and running, but heaven forbid there's even a bug in the application, uh, code that, so we can't fail over our website. We're screwed because yeah. those folks aren't going to understand how the code well, and works. It, I've worked with companies that are, they're in hurricane space as well. And the one thing we discovered, and I think it's the same with the Japanese hurricane, the Japanese earthquake, the Japanese are good at earthquakes. Because yeah. you get lots of them. <laughs> yes. There are yes. a lot of hurricanes. And we, we just got into the policy of when, when anything got above tropical storm, you yeah. failed over to the, to the other site because they were symmetrical sites. And you practiced it. Well, and that was the other thing was the big thing that made the difference was off season, we swapped every month. Yes. Yep. So it just became yep. routine. You know, mm-hmm. this was something you did every month. You discover all the holes every time somebody implements it. But also yeah. everybody gets trained. Yeah. You know, now that all the experienced guys have done it, they get all the junior guys to do it. Yeah. And that was the whole thing was, you know, we never knew exactly what day we'd do the failover at the end of the month. (laughs) You know, we'd move it around just so that it was more like a fire drill than it was. Hey, it's 9 a.m. on Monday. Let's flip the switch. Coffee. (laughs) Yeah. Here we go. But that's nice. You know, the result was both teams in both facilities. All the way down to the junior guys knew the procedures. Comfortable. Yeah, we're not afraid. And you're also, it's also interesting to, when you work in these kinds of areas, whenever you hire a new guy off the street, he's at least vaguely familiar with how this stuff works. You know, if you go out to Oklahoma or you go out to, you know, Missouri, people aren't familiar with how this stuff works. Mm -hmm. And you can hire a whole team, they're not going to understand how it works. Well, then I've never run, every DR case is unique. Mm-hmm. It, yep. it does, sure, you may use similar software. Similar, yeah. Every case is unique. Oh, you know, domains, the just scripts, the, you know, how do we move our DNS around? All of those things. I've never found a duplicate. They're yeah. always different. Yeah. You can start with a skeleton plan, but you're going to make so many changes to it. And yeah. There's going to be so much knowledge that you're going to have to pull out of people by doing those failovers and saying, now, why isn't this working? Yeah. What yeah. went away? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 Interesting to see that Azure has a premise uh, or the promise of being able to take this stuff away and sure it all lives centrally in one place, but we're going to have to relearn those same lessons whenever the cloud does fail again. And I'm yeah, glad yeah. I'm not playing around with that. And, then, and then that's <laughs> the interesting challenge is 
do you have a mindset for what it would, is it really possible for that, that data to actually be gone? I yeah, mean, in the Gmail mail loss, yeah. there was a point there where they weren't sure they were going to get it back. <laughs> they eventually got yeah. it back. But yeah. it was days later. Yeah, yeah. Who's uh, uh, who's the other one? Well, Ping FM had a similar outage where it was a, a configuration error on their part. So they had redundancy built in between two cloud providers. Uh, but they didn't for every new database server they set up. They skipped one of the steps on uh. one of the database servers. So lost the server, and it wasn't a Microsoft uh, platform. Uh, Amazon EC2 deal. Lost one of the database servers and just had to post a message. Everybody who's signed up new in the last two days, you're going to have to sign up for service again. We don't yeah. have your account. Um you know, you just have to decide. It's the old ROI decision. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it to your business to build in that kind of redundancy? Well, yeah, I, I like having those discussions with the business guys about what the real risk of data loss is, and the, and the difference between actual lost data and you know, data is going to take time to recover. Yeah. yeah. What are we going to regenerate? It's like a data warehouse scenario. You really don't plan for you know, losing the whole data warehouse. You plan for reloading the yeah. whole data warehouse from scratch. The data sure, all comes from somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy. Well, and there's but, still, there's residual value in paper invoices that are filed. Yeah. Because you needed yeah. them for socks. But I'm like, guys, that's yeah. a backup strategy right there. Yeah. You know, do we, do we spend quarter million dollars on mirroring to never lose a transaction or we can can we spend thirty thousand dollars on log shipping and we may have to get these guys to go pull invoices to to complete the reconciliation in a serious outage yeah and of course your business too the um fusion was one of the ones the guys behind fusion um just put in this uh this whole new a web app where they would read people's log files. Mm-hmm. And so they're getting that talk about the ultimate reloadable data. It's all sitting out on your web server somewhere. Well, they went live with a pizza box with two disks and a raid one SATA couldn't keep up. And they were using, if I remember right, MongoDB so that they would be able to scale it out automatically. Right. Of course, the data starts coming in faster than they can handle. Got a hundred gigs worth of data in 12 hours. And they said, all right, we're going to load in two more servers in order to keep up with the load, but we're going to use raid zero. We can only still afford to get two disk uh, servers. Right. And of course that, that's terrifying as a DBA. Oh my God. Why would yeah. I ever use RAID zero SATA? You're out yeah. of your mind. But, but just half our reliability. Yeah. Yeah. If we're lucky, you know, plus two, we're implementing multiple boxes with it and the data spread across all of them. Right. You lose any shards. You just lost that, that, uh, database essentially. Um, so they made the decision that we don't have the money. It's all going out in beta. Yeah. Our users will understand and they can reload all our log files. From and scratch. yeah, nothing's actually lost. Yeah. Not it's, permanently. It's all recoverable. It's yeah. time lost, but it's not actual data loss. And they had an, another interesting perspective on it too, that because it's beta, people will understand. Yeah. They said, we'll, we'll be able to just run with that. Uh, whereas those of us who are trying to run paid applications. The problem is that stuff stays in beta forever. Yes. You know, yes. I mean, it, a beta yes. has become shipping. Google I, spoiled us. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's it, even Microsoft, you know, we're, we're all playing this game of, it's I'm unwilling. Beta. Yeah. I don't have to support it. Beta and, with a go live license. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's yeah, just an evil sh- combination. Shows up in enterprises, system center advisor, the new yeah. thing that they brought out. So it's technically in beta. We still don't have pricing information for it yet. And people are starting to gradually get more and more comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. So they go in with, it's a perfect scenario as a software vendor, low expectations for reliability and support. Yeah. You know, you can't expect to get good support. Promising good. amazing features. It'll yes. be here real soon now. Absolutely. What's the date? I can't tell you that yet. Yeah, not sure we're working hard the road is paved with unicorn skin yeah. yes but and if it works 
You've got them locked into it before yes. they even knew how much it costs. Yes. If it doesn't work, no harm done. Yeah. You don't, you don't, and if it turns out that people say, Oh, there's all these problems with it. That's fine. We're still in beta. We'll yeah, take our time we'll bringing this thing out. And yeah. So I, I, there's pros and cons to that. As somebody who always liked downloading the latest compiled version of anything, <laughs> I love that. You know, give me access to broken bits. I have, I have low, uh, expectations for reliability anyway mm-hmm. for software. My code is way worse than anybody else's. So I'm <laughs> completely okay. With so you're meeting doing, your own expectations. Yes, exceeding <laughs> practically, yes. For the record, I don't write any software for public use. There you go. Yeah, it's. Uh, I love that beta mentality that I can go get you know advanced bits. But I think we have to remind them. ourselves when we're doing this stuff. It's like, hey, you know what? No, there's no guarantees here. No, and you can't put if you put it into a customer situation. You know, you're really you you shouldn't be signing your own reputation to a piece of software that has no support yet. Well, there and there lies the whole SLA side of this. Decision. Discussion, right? The, Between clouds and beta software sure. and you know, all this, the new stuff, solid state. Well, and interesting to see that in the, in the cloud scenario, it's like, here's what you're going to get. Mm. There really is no negotiating. This yeah. is what you get in an SLA. Which yeah. We're this uptime and these performance figures and, and that's all there is to that. You I want it or you oh, don't. I love this as a database administrator. I was pitching a, a cloud virtualization, utility computing, all kinds of things to database administrators yesterday. And I said, let me tell you why the cloud is such a huge strength for you. When it goes down, when it's slow, when there's a security issue, you have a little sign that you hold up, and it has Microsoft's phone number That's on right. it. It's not my fault. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you may not be happy with it, but it's not your fault. Yeah. You know, it's it's nice to have a scapegoat now and then. So, yeah, I'm all for I, that. Imagine if you were the cloud provider and you had to deal with these, you know, written SLAs. Almost everybody in the audience couldn't put together an SLA, mm-hmm. let alone figure out, okay, now how am I going to get to whether it's three nines, four nines, or five nines? What's well, the steps? I think it's one of the angles now with real hosted providing is that you can write your own SLA. Those guys generally know what they're doing. Yeah. And you can put real performance requirements in yeah. with real conditions around them. I mean, in some ways, I think raising the tide of understanding around cloud has made people more knowledgeable about why you would choose a hosted solution. Mm -hmm. And why developers, DBAs, IT professionals now understand what this means for the business. Mm -hmm. There's beautiful marketing material out there that shows this is what reliability means. This is what database costs per gig, you Mm -hmm. know, and we've never been able to provide those numbers. Suddenly now we're keenly aware of that and we have to go, what am I really costing the business? Right. You know, I really have competition and yeah. the competition is advertising in the magazines that my boss reads. Well, and, and interesting to see that in any organization of any substantial size, there will be a department somewhere that will ignore their IT group and yes. go to the cloud or just go We're buy the, the service card. they need from wherever they want. Yeah. And you find out about it later. Yeah. Our competition used to be things like Microsoft Access that was sitting under a desk somewhere right. or a SQL server that was sitting under the desk somewhere mm-hmm. that somebody downloaded off a of BitTorrent. You know, now it's you're going to figure it out through the network team who notices the increased utilization going to specific subnets right. and saying, oh, we, we have an issue here. We have a department here that's And why is the department suddenly potentially transmitting data back and forth to the SQL Azure stack? Yes. What could yes. that be? How I is wonder. this happening? <laughs> yeah. It, it really empowers the middle managers to go off and do their own thing and without IT. And then we got to figure out how to bring it back in-house. Mm, and, well, and then you end ourselves. up doing the numbers. Yeah. Can we compete? Can we yeah. compete on reliability? Can we compete on price? And, yeah. it, and it, you know, the other thing I'm seeing is that more and more ID departments are billing out their time yeah. to their this, the, the discrete groups within the business 
so that they show where their costs are going. Oh, I love how virtualization has enabled that. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I can see exactly how much CPU time, memory space that a given uh, application is consumed. And I know how much my pool of hardware costs, how much my pool of licensing costs. Mm-hmm. So I can bill it right down so much easier with things like a database query instead of trying to guess across everything that I've got. Love virtualization for that. Yeah. There's, I still don't see the whole, there's a lot of buzz around the private clouds words. We're so far away from that still, but it's close enough that it is good enough for internal IT now. So well, I think the main thing that you want around private cloud is charged by usage mm-hmm. and virtualization basically gets that by letting really? you utilize the hardware more effectively. Yeah. And, and just be able to manage uh, hardware by buying small pieces instead right. of going through and saying the SQL team now has to suck up a new, you know, eight CPU box or whatever. Right. Now we can just keep continuously throwing blades in and I'm, I love how I'm seeing my clients budget by percent usage now right. for CPU. Our CPU use across the VMware pool is 65%. Let's go fix that. Although if there's anything I see pulled out on its own, it is a high-end clustered SQL server. Like yeah. the one place where you're still buying dedicated bare metal hardware. Data warehouses. There. Yeah. Mission critical SQL servers. Yeah. It's, Every time I present on uh, virtualization, I ask for shows of hands, and, mm-hmm. and we still uh, have probably only about two-thirds to three-quarters of the people are doing production SQL servers and virtualization. But m- I'm seeing larger and larger, horrifically large SQL servers running under virtualization. Wow. Uh, Ten terabytes is my max so far. That's crazy. It, it really that is. That's spectacular. To think that, yeah, somebody's but it, doing I mean, they, uh, Is it it must be through a SAN, like allocated fiber channels against the VM. Yeah, yeah. So they have dedicated VM hosts just mm-hmm. for this one particular box. But their logic was everything's worked so well for virtualization. It gives us the ability to swap out new hosts without having to do that time expensive reinstall. Right. So I mean, yeah, I'm the usual infrastructure that I'm seeing is, uh, you know, a fairly large organization, 150, 200 supported apps. Mm-hmm. Half a dozen of them have their own data stores, right? Mm-hmm. They're the CRM products, the big stuff. Yep. And then you've got everybody else in a virtualized <laughs> pool of SQL Server yep. because it, they just don't exert that much load. You know, It doesn't make sense to do anything else. Yeah, I love how it gives you the granularity of if I put just this one app on its own virtual SQL Server and he wants to stay on SQL Server 2000 forever, fine. Yeah, Go ahead. Cares. Knock yourself out. Um, and I don't have to worry about hardware reliability. Some old boat anchor sitting in there somewhere yes. sucking up dust. That, that old, yeah, it's that NT4 box yes. that's still running Single core That's CPUs. It. Yeah, in a beige box. Yeah, four U high <laughs> with four gigs of RAM. Yeah, it. it just kills me. And people don't get that virtualizing can make things faster yeah. just because you move it to new hardware. And more reliable. Yeah. And, just, uh, and I don't know about you, but P to V brings tears to my eyes. I just, I can't even imagine. It's so cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. That this evil old box that is a death trap of a machine. And right? you don't want to touch it. No. You're afraid to touch it. I'm afraid it. to reboot it. Yeah. Right? I would certainly never let it get cold. Yes. Right? Yes. You know, I, I bet yes. you those, those spindles will never spin again if they actually oh. get cold. And you know that your hardware contact is eBay. You yeah. Know, that for whatever dies for on Whatever there. you're going to try and fix. And, yeah. yeah. I love P to V is brilliant for that. And I, people don't believe it working until they see it. No. And I've had magical. exactly that experience where we ran it, you know, it, it took an hour or two. So I was off doing other things. I came back and I figured it had died. It, it didn't work, whatever it was. The yeah. service was up and running. It was fine. And then when I actually walked into the data center and checked, the machine was off and yeah. it had been off for a while. Yeah. And you finally, and then you go look at SCVMM and you go, 
Although that's a virtual instance now. That machine will never need to be turned on again. Yeah. Oh, it's just wonderful. And you're carting more and more stuff out of the data center. Yeah. That's just magical. Yeah. And I think that's going to continue to drive uh, more and more SQL servers going away, going out of the physical environment. Now, of course, for the listeners, just as a disclosure, don't do P2V. If you've got the ability to stand up a new virtual machine instead, first take that route and then migrate stuff over there because you probably have so much crap on that uh, oh, yeah. physical machine. You know, uh, but- I'm prone to P2V to get off the scary hard hardware yes. and then try and peel the services off yep. of the virtualized oh, yeah. machine. And it's so safe. I mean, it's just yeah. the just safest, easiest. Yeah, yeah. Love it. It just sounds like black magic. But mm-hmm. And then storage vMotion is the other thing that I've been wild about is a SQL Server DBA. Everybody comes to us for development SQL servers. They say, I need this box. I'm going to need it for three months. It's just a proof of concept. Don't right. worry. It'll never go production. Three months later, it's mission critical. You know, it has to be up 24-7. <laughs> and nobody ever told you that along no. the way. And they don't even say rename the box. No, our development instance is now production. So with uh, storage vMotion, I can now simply move a virtual machine over to faster storage to RAID 10 mm-hmm. uh, to fiber channel instead of SATA um, and not have to worry about micromanaging everybody's performance. That Between that and storage tiering, it has the potential to be a DBA's best friend, but you've got to believe in virtualization. You've got to understand how SANs mm-hmm. work, and it just makes your tuning life so much easier. Instead of wondering how, whether or not I've got fast enough storage, just move it to faster storage see when it makes you run into problems. Yeah, right? yes. It's that old. Yeah. You remember that Fusion IO stuff? You didn't know what you were going to do with and you had porn on it? Yeah. That's a good thing to flip it over to. Yes. Just go, well, it turns out if I put it on the super fast stuff, it's... <laughs> Because I have I had scenarios. For my porn, but. <laughs> yeah. but you do have scenarios where the way the app's built, it doesn't matter how fast the storage is, the app won't get any faster. Or it brings in new bottlenecks that yeah. you didn't see, locking and blocking, bad code, CLR, sure. whatever. Um, so then you still have to do performance optimizations, but at least now you know I'm making one, a difference one way or the other. Absolutely. So very much. Well, sir. <laughs> oh, it's fun yeah. to talk to you. Uh, wonderful as always. I appreciate wonderful it. as always. And uh, I, I hope... Uh, Folks, get some value for this. A bit of a rant on both of our parts, I think. Yeah. The stuff I yeah. really care about. Oh, well, you, when you come to a, a conference like this, there's all these things going on, and you just get up steam on a mission that, Absolutely. okay, there's all these things we need to go fix. Let's go fix them. Yeah. You know, so it's It's great. a great reminder of you know, what happens when you can get all those folks together and really talk through these kinds of problems. Yeah. And not there's so many smart people, too, that mm-hmm. you're not wondering, okay, does this guy know what he's talking about or whatever? He's here because he's really passionate about whatever this topic yeah. is. You know, you can just go sit down with somebody and start talking. Oh, I love that about conferences yeah all right thanks so much for coming on the show thank you sir wonderful talk to you and we'll talk to you next week on run as radio